0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number one. If you're new to our community or just coming for the first time, we're in the middle of a series called The Face of Grace, talking about grace in our community. Grace, uh, to be honest, we want to live grace-filled lives and i want to build a church that's full of grace. You know down the down the line, down the road, i'm going to need your grace. And you're going to need my grace. We're going to need a church that's full of grace. And when I say full of grace, really, you could take that word grace out and you can replace it with the word Jesus. I want to live a Jesus life. Anybody else? I want to uh, build a church and be a part of a community where Jesus is the centerpiece. Jesus is the big idea. Jesus is the main character. In fact, when we talk about grace, we're not talking about a principle. We're talking about a person that face of grace, that face is Jesus. It's the face of Jesus. And he is for us. He is our savior. But in addition, he is also our Lord. Grace, by definition, it's undeserved blessing and it's unmerited favor. And I'm believing that as we walk through this series together as a church, that you're going to understand grace is doing more for you than you realize. You know what I believe about grace? Grace, it's better than we deserve and it's greater than we can imagine. Grace is in our life. It's in our world and it's active. And I believe that today we're going to leave with our are head high, knowing that we've got grace on our side. Come on, go ahead and put your hands together if you're grateful for the grace of God. If you're visiting today from another church, just a heads up. We are a loud community. And we do not sit quiet and go, mm, it's gone. It's gone. It's good. We are a talk back church. So somebody say amen. This is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to read one verse today, and then I'll break down, I'll show you what the scriptures are. Are saying to us today, this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to a young leader, a young preacher, a young pastor whose name is Timothy. This is bless you, sweetie. This is um, that was ferocious, and so a ferocious. Bless you back. Second Timothy chapter two verse number one. This is his second letter. Paul is a he's a he's a letter writer. He's a church builder. He's a he's a wonderful wonderful leader. He's on his dying deathbed. He's writing his will, so to speak, to Timothy. He's writing from a city called Rome. He's in prison. He's in jail. And he's writing, in fact, three times in this letter, Paul is going to ask for Timothy to come see him before he dies. This is very, this is very his last words. This is his last letter. And he writes to Timothy. He says this, you, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You, therefore, my son, my son, my my son in the faith, you, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I want to preach a message today. You can write down the title of today's today's talk. It's called Grace to Grace, Grace to Grace. And I'm believing that for our community and for your world, you are literally going to go from strength to strength, from glory to glory. And from grace to grace, I'm believing that for your world, in your life, the things that you're, you're putting your hand to and the things that you're experiencing, that you're going to feel stronger and not weaker. Somebody say amen. And we're believing that song that we just sang is a reality. We're going from grace to grace. We're not going backwards, but grace is leading us and pulling us forwards. It's not that we're so great. It's that grace is so great and grace is leading us. Grace is taking us further than we deserve or imagine. Preach this message called Grace to Grace. Let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for our community. Thank you that on days like today, when it's 154 degrees, we can come into your air conditioning and receive your word. We ask that by the power of your spirit, you'd open up our eyes so we can see your son, open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit, do something unique and profound. God, we are thanking you today that you are real. You are good. You are gracious. You are kind. You are loving. And we Thank you that today, as a community, we're declaring many victories for the Los Angeles Dodgers. God, thank you that we're going to win the pennant this year, and we'll go back to the glory days. We, do, we confess that over the Dodgers, the Lakers, and the Los Angeles Rams. In Jesus' name, and we all sit together. Amen. Come on, we're going to need a little bit more faith in that. Everybody put your hands together. Even if you don't agree, act like you do. If you root for another team, like the Angels, act like you do and clap. Uh, it's just amazing to me when you when you see like individuals, or you see companies, you see churches that literally just get better and better. Like every time you get close to these people, or you get close to these organizations. You're like, wow! Just when I thought that this couldn't get any better, you guys went ahead and went to a whole another level like how did you like Apple I'm always like how did Apple Apple just comes out with iPhones and iPads and iMoms and all this kind of stuff like just just goes from strength to strength like just always people just continuing like just keep the Warriors the Warriors were already good already had Steph Curry with the shop boy like they already were killing the game and then you just went and added Kevin Durant this is not fair This is not okay, And may he come to the Lakers. Somebody say amen. So I'm I'm just fascinated when things go from strength to strength, from glory to glory and from grace to grace. This is Paul, the apostle. He's writing from Rome. He's writing to this son in the faith, Timothy, and he's writing on his will, on his dying deathbed. And he's saying, you, therefore. Now, any time in Scripture we come to a therefore, we have to go back and read what? What made him, why would, what has he said to lead to a therefore? Because of what I just said, you should. Paul in the first uh, chapter of 2 Timothy chapter 1, and even in his first letter, Paul is writing again the doctrine of grace. He's explaining that he lived a grace-filled life. Now, Paul, remember, Jesus, it says of the Gospels, the the word grace is only used three times. Jesus never preached about grace because he is grace. He didn't have to talk about grace. He just, he was grace. He was full of truth and he was full of grace. But the gospel of grace comes to us from the apostle Paul. Now, Paul was saved out of a terrible lifestyle. He was saved out of being a a, a wretched sinner. He was saved in the, the middle of just being against God. And he writes this reminder to Timothy, Timothy. Timothy you realize that God used me you realize Timothy that I didn't choose God he pursued me you realize that I was so broken I was such a mess I used to be this I used to do that he said if God did this for me surely God can do this for you I want to give you the first point of uh, number one today would you write down you and I we need to become storytellers your story is a weapon Your story, when you start telling your story, that is a weapon. Listen, you might not all know all the verses. You might not know all the Hillsong lyrics. You might not know when to stand up and sit down in church and all that stuff. You might not speak Christianese. Bless you if you don't. You are, you're actually better than us. But, but. But listen, one thing you have is you got a story to tell. You got a story to say, I used to be blind, but now I can see. I used to be lost, but now I am found. I used to be broken. I used to be on drugs. I used to be doing this, that, and the other. But Jesus came and he saved me. Jesus came and he healed me. Jesus came and he delivered me. Come on, am I preaching to anybody today that has a story to tell? I don't care if you grew up in church or didn't. Come on, each and every one of us have a story to tell. When I was growing up in church, we used to have testimony service. We used to have a whole service just dedicated to testifying, not to how great we are, but to how great he is. A whole, a whole service that just, people just get up and say, I was addicted. I, I was in depression. I was suicidal, but Jesus, but Jesus, but God, but Jesus, but grace, but grace, but grace. Paul is telling Timothy, you remember, young preacher, I used to be the worst of the worst. I was the least of the least. I was the chief of all sinners and yet grace. He's saying, if God did this for me, surely God could do this for you. If God did this over here, surely he could do it right here. If God did it way back then, surely he could do it right now. Come on, anybody thankful today that you and I, you can get on Instagram and tell a story. You can get on a blog. And tell a story. You can make a vine and tell a story. Come on, somebody put your hands together and thank God that our story is our weapon. Some of you ought to just, you know, the Bible says we ought to sit down and be in community and talk about Jesus. Sing hymns to one another. There's something about breaking bread and having some tacos in the name of Jesus. Talking about Jesus' goodness. Jesus saved me. Jesus healed me. Jesus found me in my worst state. Grace came to me. Your story is a weapon. Start telling your story and watch God soften hearts. Start telling your stories and watch the wisdom of the world be confounded. Start telling your story and watch people's eyes open to the goodness and the grace of God. I'm telling you today, your story is a weapon. Use that thing. Don't, don't be ashamed of your, of, of your past. Listen, we don't glorify it. We don't make much of it. We don't talk about, yo, man, back in the day, yo, I used to be crazy in the club. I used to do this, that, and the other. I was like 50 Cent MM, put together one what? No. It's really weird. We're not making much of our sin. We're making much of Jesus. What he saved me out of. I was a punk. I was rebellious. I was insubordinate. Jesus came close. Jesus saved me. Therefore, because he did it for me, he could do it for you. And I just love this thought. I love people's stories. I look throughout our church and all I see are the most amazing stories, not about who people are, but who God is it all, your story only testifies. It's, it's a testimony of God's faithfulness, not ours. It literally tells us, it proves to the world that God is good. He comes close to broken hearts. He pursues those who are oppressed. If you are suicidal, if you are depressed, Jesus doesn't abandon you. He comes close to you. I'm oh, just thinking about stories in our church and Aaron Eisman who got up here and did you know the, the transition and got up and and he and his wife Kelly were up here and they you know did such a great job and Aaron is on our staff and asked for a raise. <laughs> better start praying harder. What, Chad, stop shots fired, huh? It's called manipulation, Aaron. Don't do it again. Anyways, I'm kidding. But you know, Aaron, for those of you that don't know, we see him up on stage today and praying and looks like a million bucks, classy and well-spoken and in love with Jesus. But you know, there's a time that that young man, he was, he was a drug dealer at his university. In fact, isn't it funny at church, we never say like, he was the number five drug dealer. It was always like, they were the number one. Who rates these drug dealers? Like, is there like a blog? We go, oh, number one on the campus. That's how the cops find you. So anyways, how we say he was the number one, could have been number 10 anyways. But a drug dealer and a drug user and cops raid his house to go confiscate and arrest him. He jumps out of a runs from the cops. They find him, they arrest him, they put him in jail. He's in jail, getting off drugs himself, having withdrawals. He says to God, God, if you'll get me out of this situation, so broken, so addicted, gets out of jail and he comes to church. I'll never forget, I was up preaching. It's the first service he attended after he got out. I see a young man back here and you can see the call of God all over his life. I call him out in the crowd and start to just say God thoughts over his life and all of a sudden, he literally gets free from drugs, he gets free from depression, he gets free from addiction. Come on, your story is a weapon. Come on, anybody raise a hand and say, I got a story to tell. Even if you grew up in church or didn't grow up, you got a story to tell and it's not your story, it's a God story. It's a great story. Your story is a weapon to be used. You, therefore, my son. Oh, I love that he's calling him a son because he's calling him a true son, a true son of the faith. Now, you have to understand this. This old man, Paul, was in love with this young guy, Timothy, just in love with who he was, in love with his potential, in love that he had proven character. He, In fact, he says this to the, to the church in, in Philippi, to the Philippians. Watch what he says, speaking of his young leader, Timothy. He's going to send them, Timothy, watch what he says. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to Yeshua. Shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded like this guy, Timothy, who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, they're narcissistic, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Paul would say of Timothy, you're a true son in the faith. I got no one better than you. Watch this. Paul would get to spend two years with Timothy in Rome. He would get to spend three years in Ephesus with Timothy. So they've spent time together. What is the difference between? a true son in the faith and a fake son in the faith so if this is a true son well then what makes other the, uh, these other guys fake I was just in Australia this last week and and it was amazing to me because a lot of people had Yeezys on I would go up to people and be like man I love your Yeezys and all the Australians would be like yeah they're fake mate And I'm like socially why did you commit that I cannot tell the difference between a real Yeezy Like I'm not a Yeezy expert, Yeezy, Yeezy, Yeezy. I don't know. Like, why did you just socially commit? I can't tell between a fake and a real. I want to tell you the difference between a true son and a fake son. He's talking about people used to be a part of the church, but they abandoned him. They deserted him. When times got tough, they started going. They left him in the middle of the dry seasons. But this guy, Timothy, come hell or high water, he was committed to the call. He was committed to the church. He was committed to his father in the faith. Come on, anybody believing today that at Zoe, come on, our kids that are up there, we're going to have some true sons. And some true daughters in the faith. Oh, well, I just, I love this thought about being a, a committed person. In fact, write down point number two be more committed to staying than you are to going. I'm, I'm believing that for, for your marriage, in your marriage, be more committed to staying in this marriage than leaving this marriage. In church, you know, church is so funny because people get offended. The air conditioning wasn't good enough. The parking lot takes too long. The coffee was weak this morning. The preacher thinks he's too, anyways, but, but, don't you judge me. But, um, and there's all kinds of opportunities to leave. Anybody could leave, but it takes perseverance to stay because the reality is, is life flows in peaks and valleys. You got good times and you got bad times. And the test of your character, the test of your commitment level, is not when everything is good. It's actually when everyone's abandoning and jumping off and talking trash and saying this, that, and the other. I don't know about you, but I want to be more committed to stay in the house of God than leave the house of God. I want to be more committed to stay the course than to leave the course. I want to be more committed to my friends than ever before. I want to be more committed to the call of my life than ever before. I want to be more committed to staying than I am to going. You, therefore, my, my son, this is a true son. It was not gifting or talent that separated the two. It wasn't that these fake guys weren't as talented as Timothy. No, Timothy just made the decision. I have shut the back door. I have no other options. I'm staying with Jesus. I'm staying with my wife. I'm staying with my kids and my family. I'm staying in this church. I am planted in the house of the Lord. I wonder what would happen for your life. I wonder what it would do for the trajectory of your world if you just started to say, you know what? I'm more committed to staying than I am to going. How would it change your friendships? How would it change your work life? How would it change the things that you that are being impacted in your world where you just say, you know what? I'm staying, I'm staying, I'm staying. I gotta have conversations, I gotta address things, I gotta talk about stuff, but, but more than anything, more now more than ever, I'm I'm staying. You know what? Some of us, we bail because we wanna push our timetable instead of trusting God's timeline. God, it doesn't happen by this, by this. Now, if you got it, I give you two months, God, sort it, and that, or, or I'm out. No, same people just go, God, I trust you, you're good. I, I'm just gonna be right here. You, therefore, my, my son, watch the next part, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong, oh, I love this part. Be strong, there's something about strong. There's be strong, can you write down point number three? Strong runs in this family strong runs in the family of God let me just tell you God did not die for you to make you weak God did not love you to make you small no God died so he can make you strong God listen some of you be, might be here today and going like man I've never felt more weak I've never felt more susceptible I've never felt more vulnerable I've never felt more tempted you might be weak in your humanity but the Bible says in our weakness his power is made perfect therefore I will boast in my weakness because the the power of God is at work in my life. That is grace. Anybody thankful today that our God came to make the weak made strong? <laughs> strong runs in this family. Strong is not a new idea. Strong is a part of the DNA of our God. God always comes into your world. You're dealing with a weak season. You're weak emotionally. You're weak In an area of your life, weak in a temptation, weak in a relationship, don't worry. The way that we get strong is we confess our weakness. Grace comes in and gives us the strength to face our weakness. Strong runs in this family. Jesus always appears to make weak people strong. He did it for Joseph. He did it for Abraham. He did it for Jonah. He did it for Noah. He did it for Elijah. He did it for David. And he did it for Jesus. Even in his weakest moments, Jesus is in a garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's he's literally sweating blood and he's saying, God, I, I feel so weak. And the power of God is giving him the strength to fulfill the call in his life. Can I just encourage you today? Strong runs in our family. Strong is a part of the house of God because Jesus said, I have come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. In other words, translation, abundant life has to do with you being strong enough to face your today. You being strong enough to face your mountain. You being strong enough to face your obstacle. Anybody thankful today that you might not have the strength yourself, but you can tap into the power of God. You can get the strength that comes from on high. Come on, somebody put your hands together and thank Jesus today that his power is working in your work. E talking to a friend the other day, and he was telling me about, you know, his, his situation with, 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 a, with a family member. He's got a family member that she's in rehab, and, and, and she's lost so much weight because of the drugs and so much weight because of, uh, of the eating disorder that she's in rehab and so frail, so skinny. And, and I could see the tears come over my friend's face describing and talking about the weakness of this family member. And I, I wonder, some of us might be here today, and inside you feel so weak. You feel weak from your obstacle, weak from your circumstance, weak from the season you just faced. You could cry on a dime because of how weak you feel. Good news to you. Strength runs in this family. God himself can make you strong, strong on the inside, strong to face today, strong to face tomorrow. You might be feeling weak physically. God will make you strong. You might be feeling weak spiritually. God will lift you up. Come on, everybody thankful today. You, therefore, my son, be strong. Come on, this is not a suggestion. This is a declaration. Come on, somebody put your hands together and thank God today. The Lord is declaring, you're going to be strong. Oh, when God put Joshua in charge, you know, Moses passed away and they got through the Red Sea and all this new season and the first thing God said to Joshua, be strong. You be strong. Be strong and courageous. Don't you come in here with that weak stuff. We're going to check you and get you out of here. No, you come strong. Come on, if you're a leader in your business, lead strong. If you're a leader in your home, lead strong. If you're a leader in this church, lead strong. If you're a leader in connect groups, lead strong. I'm believing that today we're going to rise from glory to glory and grace to grace and strength to strength. Come on, somebody help me preach and put your hands together and thank God, weak made strong today in the name of Jesus. You, therefore, my son, be strong. Something about a strong leader. Something about someone that walks with conviction. Someone that walks with, with, with the ability to go for, be strong. You might be here today going like, man, I am the last thing from strong. I give in to temptation every time. I'm the last thing from strong. I'm an emotional basket case. I'm the last thing from strong. I just, I give in. I'm not, listen, can I tell you, if you're not strong, good news, God will make you strong. God himself will come and he will make you strong. Watch here, these promises. Psalm 18, one of my favorite psalms in all of the world. He trains, this is David preaching. He trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. I remember when I was young, I went out with my uncle to to go shoot arrows. Went to this range, we're shooting it. I can't. Probably still today. Couldn't even pull that thing back. Just can't. I just listen. Some of you are in a situation and you, you feel like you can't move this thing back. And God said, don't worry. I'll make you strong. I'll teach your hands for battle, and I'll teach you how to bend a bow of bronze. I believe that in your world, God is making you stronger, to be able to handle more than you've ever handled. He's increasing the capacity of your life, and he's allowing you to things that would have demolished you and taken you out a year ago, you're able to stand and not be afraid anymore. You're able to stand up under that thing and say, you know what, I'm gonna push back the devil a little bit and say, no, 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 you're not messing with my children, you're not messing with my calling, you're not messing with my family because I am strong in the name Jesus, He's taught me how to go into some battle. He's taught my hands how to bend a bow of bronze. Am I preaching to anybody that's a little bit stronger this year than you were last year? A little bit better this year than you were last year? Come on, somebody, thank God that is not you, that's all Jesus. He teaches me for battle, He trains my hands to bend a bow of bronze. This is all God. This is not our power, and you know, I'm so big and bad and good. No, you're not. You're a human. We are broken, and we are frail, and we need Jesus and we need grace. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace. That is in Christ Jesus. I love that word grace. I love that word grace. In fact, you can actually replace the word grace right here, and you can replace it with the word gift. You can take out you, therefore, my son, my son, my son Timothy. I want you to be strong. Now I'm about to die. I'm leaving Rome and Philippi and Coloss and Thessalonica and all these cities into your hand. You, therefore, my son, be strong. Be strong, son. Be strong in the gra- in the gift of God. Every one of us here this morning, you've got a gift from God. You've got a you got a you got a gift and a grace and a sphere of influence. God has uniquely created you. You are a designer's original. We've never had another you. There'll never be another you. You are who you are by the grace of God. And he is saying your gift, your grace, be strong in that grace zone. Be strong in your gift mix. I want to encourage you today. What is your grace zone? What is your gift mix? What is that thing that God has uniquely made you to do that nobody else could do? Maybe you're a creative and God has made you to be creative like Rick that I mentioned, the songwriter. Maybe God has made you to be a business leader. Maybe God has made you to be a teacher or to raise up a family in the ways of the Lord. Whatever it is, he's saying be strong in the gift. Be strong in the grace. Now, The way that you and I get stronger in our grace, the way that we tap into this grace is let me just give you three A's to write down. Write this down. Anytime, anywhere, anything. The way that you get strong in your grace. Now, Growth Track starts right after the service. I want to invite you to come at 145. We'll feed you pizza and give you a lunch and we'll teach you growth track. Growth track, for those of you that don't know what it is, it's where you discover what Zoe is all about, our mission, what we believe. It's where you can find a way to get plugged in, even serve on our dream team, which by the way, you should put your hands together for everybody serving on the dream team today. Come on, make some noise. We got people serving in the 10, the 12, the 6, and the 8 a whole army of volunteers. And listen, when, 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 you come to growth track, we will give you a personality test. We give you a disc test. So you understand your personality. God made me to be an extrovert or God made me to be an introvert or God made me to be a whatever And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uniquely fashioned and I've got this gift. I've got this, maybe it's an administrative gift. Maybe it's a financial gift. Maybe you have the gift to get you know, the only way that you have the gift to give money is if you have the ability to get money. Some of you, you use have the ability to get money and do you have the ability to, to to literally make transactions that you. The reason why I can always tell someone has the gift to give is they first have to have the, the gift to get whatever your gift is. Listen, all of us, the way we build church is we discover our grace zone and then we just we don't marry our gift. We marry the work of Jesus. Some of us, the reason why we're frustrated is because we're so into our gift. That's my gift. I can't do anything else in the church. If I don't leave worship, I'm not going to serve. The only way, I, only way I'll serve in the church is if I'm a drummer. If I'm a drummer, then I'll serve. I, if I don't do this, then Some of us are so married to our grace that we're missing the fact that the way that you grow in grace is by just telling Jesus, anytime, anywhere, anything. I will do anything you want. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll do anything that you're asking me to do because that's how you discover your grace. That's how you grow in grace. Come on, am I preaching to anybody? that has come to Zoe, not with an agenda of your gift, but with an agenda of building God's house. Oh, come on, I'm gonna get excited right now. Come on, everybody, thankful for day that we can literally use our grace to build God's church anytime, anywhere, anything. I always watch people frustrated in church when they'll only do what their specific gift is to do. But the way you get your grace zone going is you just go, God, anything you want. Anywhere you want me to serve. We got people in the parking lot serving God at 90, 100 degrees today that are gifted to do other things, but the need is out there in the parking lot. Come on, somebody put put your hands together for the people that are sweating for the glory of the Lord. I just wonder for your life. I wonder for you, if you are being a person that says, you know what, I want to be strong in the grace, but I'm not so married to the grace as I am married to literally saying, Jesus, whatever you want. I don't live for myself. I don't live for my name. I don't live for my agenda or my thing. I live to make much of your name. I promise you, people that are making this decision to literally say, God, whatever, however, anywhere you want, people that do that, God always allows them to go from grace to grace, strength to strength, glory to glory. It happens every single time. Don't be so married. This is my zone. This is my grace zone. Don't let me get in my zone. I'm definitely in my zone, 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 zone. Okay, cool. So you're over here in your zone, and we're over here building a church. And God says, no, I've, I've put you in a bigger body. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the gift, to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You know what I'm believing? I'm believing that through this series We're going to have more grace in our church than we ever imagined. And we're all going to go from strength to strength and grace to grace, not because we're discovering our gifts and graces as much as we're just saying, Jesus, you did so much for me. How could I not give you my life? The way you get stronger in grace is you keep responding to grace. The more I respond to grace, the stronger I am in grace And I find that Jesus never limits me to certain boxes. He always just say, I I need you to be available to speak to whoever I put across your path. I need you to be ready to and be willing to. To story tell anywhere you go. I need you to be strong in spaces that are dark and other Christians won't go to. I actually need you to be strong. I need you to be good anywhere you go. You, therefore, my son, I'm getting ready to go. Be strong in the the gift, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I find that when people do this, God all of a sudden, he watches them serve anytime, anything, anywhere. And all of a sudden, God just goes, happens every time. David's on the backside of a desert. He's taking care of a bunch of sheep and lambs. How good? How glorious is that, huh? On The backside, nobody's watching. No Instagram, no platform, nobody. But God sees the way that he's, he's just down for anything, anywhere, anytime. And God in one day takes him from a bunch of sheep to the palace to oversee millions. In one day. Watch here, Psalm 78. Watch what the Bible says. It says, and he chose David, which by the way, I still believe God chooses people. God chooses. He just say, I'm going to use you. It's something about your attitude. There's something about your, your heart after me. There's something about your ability to just say, oh, it's not about me anymore. He, and he chose David, his servant. And he took him from where? He took him from the care of ooze with suckling lambs. Kind of weird, you know, wordage here, Bible. Um, with suckling lambs. What does that mean? Let's not break that one down. He brought, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance, So he, David, shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and he guided them with the skillfulness of his hands. But where in the world did did David get integrity? Where in the world did David get skill? He got it on the backside of the desert when nobody was watching. When he was saying to God, God, anything, anytime, anywhere, whatever you want, if it's lambs, I'm going to serve. If it's sheep, all right, cool. If they're suckling, weird. I don't like the word, but I'm down for you, Jesus. I'm going to do this. Listen, you are anointed long before you're announced. God knows how to take those that are willing to get in their grave and be strong in their grace and elevate them beyond their wildest imagination. Am I preaching to anybody today that believes in the call of God on your life and the grace that is on you that will elevate you when you make the decision to be anytime, anywhere, anything, Lord? Don't you push your agenda with God. Don't you tell God what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. God starts getting loud when you when you start pushing your agenda. God, this, that, the other, I'll only do this. Oh, Really? God always works with people. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace. Anything, anything you want, Jesus. It's not my life. It's not my my money belongs to you. My time belongs to you. My talent belongs to you. You already died for me, so now I want to die for you. Whatever you want. This earth is not my home. I'm going to a better place. I'm heaven bound. I'm not a citizen of this planet. I don't live for fame. I don't live for money. I don't live for pleasure. I live for Jesus. Am I preaching to anybody this morning that wants to be used by God? I am sweating. (laughs) Did we turn the AC off? It's a little frustrating, but don't worry. I'm strong in the grace. (laughs) You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace. Worship team, you can come join me because we're going to conclude here on this part. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace, the gift that is in, here's the location, that is in Christ Jesus. Somebody's phone's ringing. Or is that the keyboard? (laughs) I heard it way out there. I was like, wow, never heard that ringtone. Apple, strength to strength. (laughs) Hey, great to see you, Ryan. Thanks for coming up. Cool tone, man. that's not real. Are we real for real? We changed the key. I love you, buddy. (laughs) Phenomenal. Fantastic. Appreciate it. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in it's here's the location. It's in Christ Jesus. Let me just tell you the new Testament life after Jesus, our life is defined by two words. You can write these two words down. It's faith and grace. And because of my faith in Jesus, I am in Jesus The New Testament repeatedly just says in Christ, I'm in Christ, I'm in Christ, I'm in Christ, I'm in Christ. Why am I in Christ? Because I believe in who Jesus is. He died for my sins. And because of that belief, I am now in Christ. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I am now, because I'm in Christ, I'm the righteousness of God. I have been justified by faith. So faith and grace, my grace is in Jesus. My grace, when I go to Jesus there, he's my grace. He's the face of grace. So in other words, I don't tap into myself for more grace. I tap into Jesus for more grace. Some of us are trying to rely on our own strength. Like, oh, I'm going to work harder. I'm never going to say it again. I'm going to do better this time. Oh, I'm just gonna. no, no. You're trying to tap into yourself, but we get grace from Jesus. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in, it's in Jesus. This, this grace can only be found in him. He's the face of it. He's the name of it. He's the person. He is grace. So I'm not trying to, to get into my personality to get grace. I'm trying to go to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, the one that it literally all the prophets foretold about. He's the alpha and he's the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. He is the line of the tribe of Judah. He is the bread of life, the bright and morning star. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. I'm going to Jesus for grace. That's who he is. And I just, I I believe this. I believe that when you go and get grace from Jesus, that when you go and you you talk to him, you are literally tapping into reservoirs of grace. Jesus is not up. You ever see people walk around with those big uh, water jugs and it's like, wow, that's a lot of water. But you're pretty confident most of these people are going to drink that water in a day. Jesus does not have a limited amount of grace that's going like, okay, little cup for you. You've been good. You did push pay this week. Little cup for you. Feel like you haven't cussed in a while. Here's a little cup for you. I was growing up and um, my family, every July, every July we go on this vacation to Lake Chelan. Lake Chelan's on the east side of the state of Washington where I grew up in. And we go and we have vacation and it had the best time. and every year when we were traveling back from the east side of the state to the west side where I was from, we'd always stop just right outside of Chelan. And uh, it's called the Chelan Dam. We would stop at this dam, just huge amount of water and we'd watch the water flow over this dam. And we always got out, I know it might kind of sound kind of silly, but there was these bunnies, we'd go feed the bunnies. Grab a whole bunch of bread and we'd be out there feeding the bunnies and we'd feed the bunnies and then we'd go watch and we watch the water. I was, I, I was thinking about that this morning. I thought, man, I felt like that was so much water. I looked it up this morning and Googled it. That, that, that lake, that dam was 677,000 acres of water. You just see water and water and water and water. And then that thing was just spilling over. And I felt like as I was looking at that picture this morning, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I've got reservoirs of grace for Zoe. I've got reservoirs of grace for people. I've got reservoirs. Come on, if you just come to the living water, you'll never thirst again. Come on, somebody thank God today that we're going from grace to grace. Come on, somebody thank God today that we're going from strength to strength. Somebody thank God today that we're going from glory. Come on, you ought to stand to your feet. You ought to lift your voice. You got to lift your hands. Come on, let's worship God. Let's praise the Lord. Let's lift our voice. Hallelujah. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe LA. Have a blessed day.